Welcome to Ridge to Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Brought to you by Willow Creek Archery. Located in Temecula, California and serving SoCal for over 32 years as a premier archery shop with a 13-lane indoor range. Brett and his staff will have you 10 ringing in no time and get you confident for the upcoming season. It has everything you need to get you on the podium or filling freezers. Willow Creek has all the major brands and specializes in bow hunting, target shooting, and tuning bows. And Tricer USA for all your lightweight backcountry hunting needs. For the lightest and fastest glassing system on the market, check out the GTP1, trekking poles, and bino adapter. Make sure you use promo code R2R for 15% off at checkout. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of uh, Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. This one's kind of cool. Again, um, we've been running with the episode um, tag marks of local killers, and and we've been wanting to uh, get more local killers on um, just to broadcast and sh- shed a little light and you know show some appreciation for the hard work that it takes to to get it done in our local mountains, all of SoCal, wherever you end up hunting. So. If you get hit up for us to be on a uh, episode of Local Killers, man, jump on the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? This this morning, man, I uh, I got a I got a friend. I actually met this guy um, at the grand opening of Willow Creek, right? Yep. Yeah, I met. He came in to the grand opening of Willow Creek. Um, we just hit it off and started talking hunting, and and literally didn't didn't really think it would go from there. I really didn't, dude. It it just kind of. Like, you know, you just meet people like, hey, what's up, you know, and you do our thing, you know, and we talk and it kind of goes from there. Sometimes you stay in touch with people. Sometimes you don't. Well, then when we decided to do the Pigoramas, you jumped on the opportunity yeah. and um, it was cool to to see your face up there because like when you when we got the list of like who was coming, like I don't have, you know, I don't get on the social media or whatever. So it's like it's not like I'm just blowing through all the people that are coming and trying to see it. So when I rolled up and I saw you at Pigorama 2.0, I was like. Oh, that's rad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's rad. You know? And so that being said, to the listeners, I got Brad with us. Brad, tell tell the guys who you are, man. How's it going? I'm Brad <clears throat> Alvarado. Um, I like to kill stuff. Yep. <laughs> that's how it goes. What What's your Instagram name? Brad Hunt 87 Yeah. So Brad, Brad was, we were talking off air, and he's like, whoa, like, how do we do that? I'm like, dude, just, we're going with the flow, bro. Like it's no big deal. It, it's, it's it's really not. So, dude, tell the guys like how you got into hunting because this isn't something you picked up two weeks ago. This is like a, a life thing. <laughs> nope. Um, my great uncle used to take me out when I was about twelve, thirteen. He started taking me out, uh, bird hunting, fishing. Mm-hmm. Then we got into deer hunting and uh, shot my first deer locally on a junior tag. Um, turned 18, bought a rifle, and I have been hunting all by myself since. Really? All by yourself? Pretty much. What happened? Did you, <laughs> did that? Oh, great uncle, uh, retired, moved to Utah, so. Oh, really? So do you go up there with him at all anymore? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you stay, it's not like he passed or anything. No, no, no. He moved up to Utah, so he hunts up there. Right. Uh, he taught you a bunch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what's crazy, dude? A lot of the listeners, dude, they don't have that opportunity, and it's cool because like, it's like a, it's kind of like a bitter sweet thing for me because, like, 
yes, I wasn't taught everything from a young age. And I like wish I would have had that, you know, just because I think to myself, like, where would I be if I would have? But at the same time, like, I go like the school of hard knocks, you're really going to learn, you know what I mean? If you're really passionate about it and you're really into it and do it and you, and you don't succeed every time you go out, like you're going to pick small things up and it just, to me, it, it makes you a good hunter, like an efficient hunter when like you learn it on your own. Oh yeah. Definitely getting out there and doing it yourself. You learn (coughs) your ways. Right. Just, um, I don't hunt nowhere near how he hunts anymore. Um, how I was taught. Right. Once I started archery hunting, it changed completely how I thought about hunting. It did. Totally, yeah. But, like, the fundamentals were there, though. You know, like, Mm -hmm. when he would take you out and and you were just a young, nervous kid to go out. Because those nerves are real still. Like, imagine, put it this way, imagine if you're not in hunting yet, but you want to get in hunting, right? And you're 30 years old. Like, there's a stereotype around hunting that you're like, oh, it's just like a... You know, it's kind of like a a cool kids club now, you know? And, like, if you're not part of it, could you imagine the anxieties that you would have trying to get into it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? So, like, for you to be able to dive into it at a young age and, and, and kind of come up through, you know, or under somebody, like, it seems to me that you're better off, you know? Yeah, and the new guys, they just need to get out and experience the outdoors, even if you just started hiking without guns. Right. And uh, <clears throat> that's, you'll learn how to move around in out up in the mountains. For sure. Um, you you got to get out there. Even off-season, go yeah. before season, That's mm-hmm. you got to get out. So, like, one of my friends from work right now um, – he he's older than me. I think he's almost forty, but he wants to get into hunting bad, right? And I'm like, dude, let's do it, you know. And he's like, well, he just uh, he doesn't know because he doesn't know, you know. So he's like looking at like the social media and he's like online and everything looks cool and everything looks badass and like, and I'm like, dude, you don't need a half of that stuff. Nope. I'm like, you don't need none of that. I'm like, just buy yourself a good pair of boots, you know, whatever, whatever you can afford. Boots and glass. Yeah, and glass. And I'm like, bro, we're going to spend more time leading up to season than you will hunting in season. Oh, yeah. You know, like boots and glass, brother. And it's like he already had because he used to be into photography. So he already has a tripod. And he's like, well, what kind of tripod? I'm like, dude, that thing will work. That man Frodo you got that for taking pictures, it'll work. Just get a Trice or Bino adapter. You know, I'm like, dude, it'll 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 work, man. And, and you don't even need a bipod. I mean, I, I don't use a bipod. Uh where I hunt, it's too thick to run a bipod. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never, I have one, but I never. You don't. Use you it. don't ever get I like. Never use it. Super high up in glass. Yeah, but I just don't use it. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's <laughs> the difference between like how that's the difference in the way people hunt, right? Yeah. So you you're saying you don't use a tripod. You get up and you just it's too thick to do it. So you're up and you just are on the ground. You know where the deer are and you have ideas of where they're going to be, you play the wind, and you and you go in and you go hammer deer. Other people just would, in the same area, would find a high point in glass and then try to go in from there. But at the same time, like, if you're not on the ground, like, covering ground from where you find them to where they're at is not an easy task. Oh, no. 
No. It's not an easy task. So, like, if you're in the area and you don't run it you and you have an idea of the area and you're not new to it, you know how to get around that area a whole lot more efficiently than if you were just somebody that just hit the area. It's your second time in there and you're up high and you find something. Most definitely. You know what I mean? And then that's where scouting comes in. Correct. <clears throat> you got you could run cameras, hiking. You'll learn where the deer are, where their trails are. You might, 100 yards, 200 yards off the road, you might find a trail that's a good trail to yeah. put a camera. Yeah. Um, me and my wife used to go up every Sunday and run our cameras and mm-hmm. look look what we have in our local hills. I yeah. Mean, that was our Sunday walking trip. It's, it's like what you do. Yeah. It, it's cool because <clears throat> that stuff is what leads you to have success. You know, when... It's weird because people say the more you scout, the more successful you'll be. And it's not weird. It's just that's the fact. Like those are facts. The more you're out there, the more you have an opportunity to find sign, the more you have an opportunity to find game, right? And it's like you can, if you're out there all the time, you can just find where those deer like to be or whatever game species you're chasing. You find, you'll just, it's like when you, I don't know, man. The the more you drive, the better you are as a driver. And just because you didn't go out scouting doesn't mean that you won't see nothing, too. So if you don't have time to scout, that still got to get up there during the season and hunt it. Yeah, absolutely. And just because you did scout doesn't mean that you'll find those same deer because they, they change patterns and everything. Patterns almost monthly. Yeah, you know? for sure. It's It's just a matter of being out there, being comfortable in your surroundings, and understanding the area. I feel like that's what's key to success, you know? And, and like, well, you know, up until recently, I haven't really realized it, but I spend, when I go out of state, I generally go back to the same areas. Like, I'm not hunting new units out of state. Like, I'm not. It, and as much as I would like to think I am, like, oh, yeah, I'm going. No, dude, I'm going back to the same areas until I'm forced, you know, until I'm forced to go somewhere else. Like, I'm just hunting the same general areas over and over because I'm learning that country. I think learning country is so important. You know, and like like we kind of said, like everybody hunts differently. Yep. But if you can learn the country, you just have an idea. Like you want to know what's around the corner, like geographically, like around that trail, right? Like on, it goes around that that cliff face or what. You want to know what's on the other side of that so that there's no question during season. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and I'm not talking like game. I'm talking about like actual geographical terrain, you know? Yeah, never be afraid to go up to the next unit either. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they're, well, you don't want to leave deer to, you know, to find more deer, but right. never be afraid to go and try something new. That's mm-hmm. that's what I've learned in the last few years is try, try something new. Yeah. Um, you never know what's going to happen. You're absolutely right. You know how you just said it, like you, you don't leave deer to find deer? Like we have all had it though. Oh, yeah. Like where we're <laughs> out there and we're finding deer, but we're like, dude, like it ain't working out here. It's not what we want or we're not seeing what we need, you know, or, or you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying if you're just finding a bunch of does, you don't move. Or I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like you don't leave deer to find deer it's weird. It's almost like you have to be in that situation to yeah. understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone that's never been like immersed in deer all around you and going like, dude, we should go to another area. You know, it depends. You're seven days out, right? You're on a nine day hunt and you're like, dude, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You, 
<clears throat> and like what I've noticed up in Utah, when I where I hunt, is if I'm surrounded by does and yearlings, that the bucks are usually behind them on the migration. Yeah. So I'll usually change up my elevation to try to find mm-hmm. the where the bucks are. And you'll you'll notice, at least, so you're hunting migration areas in Utah. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. So like the areas that I'm that I hunt in Utah, they they're migratory, I guess per se. They're kind of like in between it's weird like they just they'll go to the lowlands at the base of the mountains so it's not like i mean i don't i don't hunt like high um well i don't know i'm trying to find the word but like a high priority unit like where everyone wants to go i just hunt like the over the counter basically you know like zero point units like i like to hunt right so you get into these areas and then you'll just start learning country for me and then i just will start finding animals and just kind of hang in that ant, that group, that band, you know, and and generally we don't have a we don't have too big of a time. But I'm also not looking for 180 inch deer. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm more I'm more in the phase of of my hunting career, you want to call it or whatever. Of like, dude, I just want to get a mature animal, which is awesome, you know. But I'm not opposed to smashing a forky either. Yeah, I'm same here. <clears throat> I like to uh, fill tags. Uh, yeah. I don't really. Killing a big one is awesome. Yeah, but that's cool. Filling tags is filling the freezer, dude. And that, that yeah, that's what it's about. Like, think about so on Pigorama and Pigorama two like we fed wild game, right? Like we we were eating like deer and elk, mm-hmm. right? And there was guys there that had never had that before, and it's like, you know, that's what I hunt for. Though that. The consumption of these animals is yeah. amazing, great, nutritious food, and it's great. You know, I mean, we all like smashing big bucks, and we all like we ate good that weekend. But we did, and and dude, like that that venison I fed was off a two year old forky. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that that ain't that a good thing? Yeah, we right? had your pasta. We had deer brats the next day for lunch with some tuna, yellowtail. Oh yeah. Uh, Chad made the the beer uh, bear brats. Dude, we ate good. We ate really good, really good. No one went hungry. It was all on wild game, dude. Yep, all on wild game. So it's like, I don't care if you're a hardcore hunter that you only want to shoot, you know, one seventy or bigger bucks, or if you're just out there filling freezers on year and a half old forks. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. You know, to me, if you're trying to find success, you just need to be out there. And with time, you'll start to pick things up, and you'll bump into bigger deer, and then, like, you'll just start piecing everything together, and you'll be able to start to, you know, find deer and be in that. And if, when you're in that area long enough, you'll start to and you, you'll start to have a history of the same deer mm-hmm. if they make it through that season, you know, and you're able to start to track them and, like, watch their progression and antler growth, and that leads me into you know your buck that you shot last year yeah that that was a pretty nice buck yeah it was Uh, i'm pretty sure this buck that i shot i missed with my arrow a year before i'm pretty 90 percent sure it was the same buck how long have you been how long were you working with that deer like in your that that was the first time i've that i ever seen it two years uh, ago yeah okay I'm pretty sure it's the same buck and uh, missed him with my arrow. 
never seen them again. Ran cameras up there, never seen them. Right. And uh, this year. This or is 2022. Because you missed him in 21. You shot him in 22. Yeah, 22. So 22 was a hard, hard year. Um, it was kind of rough. Not weren't really seeing the deer that we're usually seeing, and it was kind of a rough year. Um, opening weekend, hunted with the wife. She was six months pregnant, still hunting out there. Um, <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> she did uh, about five miles that weekend, and uh, we did come across the buck that opening weekend, but didn't make it happen. Um, and then went back out for, uh, the rifle. I was out there for about six days and only seen about three deer the whole time I was there. Bucks and does? Um, yep. Seen two does and I jumped probably the biggest buck of my life. Really? Right from underneath my feet. Yeah. Um, took a shot at him. Didn't hit him. He stopped, gave me one shot. I missed. But uh, that has to do with uh, getting scared, and he, well, he, yeah. he jumped probably four feet from my feet. Really? Oh yeah. He, he let you uh, get up on top of him. He was underneath a rock, a, a rock cropping. Yeah. He was underneath it Bet in it the up. shade, <clears throat> and I come walking around the corner, and he jumped out and scared. I mean, scared yeah. bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Scared piss out of you. Um, he took off running. He turned and gave me a shot, and I I, I missed. Um, so I was kind of bummed out and I went home and we weren't really seeing anything. I was hunting with my brother and, uh, he was same thing. He was all bummed out. We weren't seeing nothing. Um, couple of buddies, Mark, uh-huh. SoCal, uh, him, my other buddy told me, Hey, you still got, cause I wasn't able to hunt the last weekend cause of some family stuff. So I only had a week. I took a week off to hunt for work and, yeah. uh, they say, hey, you still got a couple more days. You need to get back out there. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I had my trailer just camping out there, pulled everything out. And then uh, Friday night, I was having dinner with my wife, and I said, hey, I'm going to go back out one yeah. more day. She said, go ahead. <laughs> and uh, So I get after it. Yeah, my wife's pretty cool. She lives yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Um, and so I did, and I was about five miles in. I still didn't see a deer. And I uh, just come across a couple rollers and uh, come up over the hill, and I could see a deer bedded. And uh, couldn't tell if it was a – I could tell it was a buck just by the body, the neck, but I couldn't put nothing on the tail. The juniper was uh, in front of him. I couldn't really see, <clears throat> which was nice because he couldn't see me either. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the wide open at this time, and I'm – Got my binos on him, trying to pick out some antlers. And he was probably about 100 yards when I spotted him. And uh, the wind was blown, so I waited for the uh, wind to blow really good. I moved over to a, another juniper. And I probably sat on this deer probably a good hour, hour and a half. Yeah. The shade was on him. And then I could see the shade coming off of his body. So yeah. I knew that he was going to get up once that sun hit him. Yeah. So sun hit him. I'm waiting for him, and uh, finally he uh, turned his head, noticed the antlers, and by the time I drew my rifle, he had already stood up. Right. So uh, gave him a shot. 
disappeared. I thought I missed him. Right, right. And so <clears throat> he went up over the hill. I went up after him. And I, he, when I was started running toward, towards him, I looked up. He was running at me. Yeah. And uh, probably within, I would say, I shot him at 20 yards. And then shot him when he was standing right next to me, and he fell literally at my feet. Right. But I don't think he knew I was even there. Yeah, he probably had no idea. I think he just, and I hit him all three times. Uh, He, I think he didn't even know what I was when he was just trying to get out of Dodge and just happened to come my way. And uh, he dropped literally at my feet. Right. The third one. Hit his antler, <laughs> but it was like, hey, you still hit him. <laughs> it was like point point blank range, and uh, dropped him at my feet, and it was probably one of my. It is my biggest buck to date, um, and he, he's just a thick old buck, three three by three, and uh, just a beautiful beautiful buck. So big old mature deer. Oh yeah, how are his teeth? Gone. They were, huh? Yeah. He was old. He was old. He had a big old Roman nose. Um, he, he's been there for a while. Uh, and I had to back him out about five, four, four and a half, five miles. You were just up top. Yeah, I started caping him out, and then I realized how far I had to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From where I already went. And uh, I decided I wasn't going to be able to make it back to get to to do two trips, so I just did one and yeah. kind of regret it and I bring him back to Cape. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. For, to get a full mount, but uh, sitting in beetles right now and hopefully I get the antlers fixed after that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure that, you know, when you got to fix antlers, if you have both pieces, it's no big deal. Oh, yeah, they they go together like a puzzle piece. You could literally see the bullet hole right through the, oh, really? the antler, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's uh pretty cool. When you get it fixed, just try to preserve the bullet hole. I, I've you thought know, about it. Like, <laughs> don't patch that. You know, don't don't fill that in. I want to see it. No, that's the, that's the story. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. That that was the one of the wildest, uh, and all by myself too. Yeah. You know, so it uh it gets the adrenaline going for sure. Yeah, it does, especially being that far back there. You know. Oh yeah. When once you got that deer down, where you did you have phone service? No, I did not where you, I was at. And, yeah. But as soon as I got, I, got it, here, the phone calls, taking pictures. The phone calls were, you know, going. <laughs> made uh, your made your your hike out a lot easier when you were on the phone telling everybody. Oh yeah, my you know, first person I called was my wife, and she answered. You know, did you get one? I said, yep. So that and my daughter's on the phone too. So that that's, that's awesome. That's the best part right there. Right, smashed a good buck, dude. And that was uh one hell of a year right there. Right. I missed a couple um, bucks in archery season. Right. Um, Archery's tough, dude. With the with the tag and <clears throat> it. Last year I should have had more deer um, on the ground, but missing is part of it. Yeah, our archery, everything has to be perfect. Everything. You gotta. It's like it's it's so much different than just shooting a three D target in a field. You know, or or shooting these three D targets or and the three D tournaments or whatever. You know, it's so much. Three D tournaments though are probably one of the best things that a bow, oh, yeah. a new bow hunter could get into Absolutely. because they don't range it. Right. As that, long as you that's you, the best. And that's the thing too, like the shot angles play such a factor. Mm-hmm. Like you need to know what your bow does. And the only way you figure that out is once you got reps. Yeah. And like shooting at twenty yards, 
Like, that's all fine and dandy. Like, shoot at 20 all you want. That's cool. Like, you're going to get good form, good muscle memory. Like, you can work on a lot of things. But you really need to stretch your bow out. You need to shoot longer distances. You, you need to have different shot angles. And the best way to do that stuff is to go to these local 3D tournaments. And then once you get a uh, live animal, mm-hmm. you snuck up on them and you're up on them. It, it, I get buck fever. I don't care. <laughs> uh, bow, rifle. I mean, even with, with predator hunting, I I start. I, I press play on the call. And you start, uh, Oh, yeah, and, I, and I'm already jittery. Because, <laughs> because I know, you know, it could happen within seconds, you know. Dude, predator, predator hunting is something else, man. Like, I have turned into, like, I'm, like, obsessed with, with coyote hunting. And yeah. it's, you know, I never really understood it. Like when I first started hunting, dude, the guys that I look up to, the SoCal guys that I look up to, they're they're like all dog killers, dude. They're all hardcore. And they hammer them. They yeah. put them down. And so, like, they also put down a lot of deer. And I was always like, well, that's too much for me. Like, I need to focus on one thing, right, which would be, like, deer hunting. And I wanted to kill a deer. Like, I wanted to put meat in my freezer and be like dude i fit in and i'm i've talked about it before where it's like for a new hunter they just want to fit in you know they want to find success and they want to be like yeah i'm a hunter because you put so much time and effort into it you want validation that like you're you're it paid off hard work pays off you know what i mean like you want that so it's like i focus so much on deer hunting and like trying to get good at that that i that i overlooked an opportunity for year round, pretty much year round entertainment. Like now I just stay away like March to end of June. I just don't really hunt the dogs yeah. just because they're Pups breeding either. pups and all that stuff. Like, but it's not illegal to do that. So if you want to hammer them, like I'm yeah. going to support you hundred percent. So you really have a huge opportunity to be out in the field, essentially scouting and looking at new country because you, you really, when you're a dog hunter, you're all over the place. And like I, I overlooked it for so long and then I got into it and dude, I'm hooked. Like, and I never, like I said, I never really understood it, but dude, now I do. And, and it is full blown a passion of mine. Oh, the first time, uh, we went out a couple of times when I me and my brother calling, never called anything in until we did. Yeah. And when that first dog came in and we shot it, I was hooked. Dude, it, I mean, hook. Ain't that ain't that crazy? Like you'll you'll do when you start out. Like obviously, you can call them in right away. Yeah, like you can be your first stand and and shoot a dog. Every stand you have for ten stands, you can smash a dog. And you're like, oh, this is easy. But then there's the times where you don't call them in, yes. and you're like, man, what's going on? And then you're flipping through your sounds and you're trying to figure out the sequence they want. Like, dude, that it doesn't matter. Like any. You can call a coyote in on any sound in that library on your call. Whatever that gets their attention. Whatever wants them to come, whatever they want to come into, they're going to come in. And, and when see, they I, come, I started off with a mouth call. Yeah, you're a savage. I mean, I didn't have the money to buy a Fox Pro. Right. <laughs> and uh, I made my own speaker. I went to Radio Shack when yeah. Radio Shack was still mm-hmm. a thing, bought a speaker, sp- 50 feet of speaker wire, hooked yeah. it to my phone. Yeah. Um, and then. Bought a bought a electronical call, didn't like it, took it back, got an upgrade, didn't like it, and then I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna yeah. pay the money and get the Fox. Bro. You got it at a certain uh, point, you know. And still, I still use hand calls today, 
<clears throat> fox hunting, I, I like to uh, use more hand calls than electronical calls. Um, it, it, I found a couple that just work for foxes. Yeah, coyotes. well, I mean, fo- fox hunting, you gotta you gotta call them with hand calls unless you're in Arizona. Yeah, and it's like yeah. when you're in Arizona, you can do whatever you want, you yeah. know. And and you run hand calls because you hunt Arizona a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like. You know, the way I look at it is, for me personally, times have changed. Like, modern technology is here. We, like, at a certain, like, there's some people that are just strictly, like, nope, I'm a hand caller. And it's like, right on, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm a, hey, man, take I'm me with you. I'm a multitasker. I'll yeah. use everything. I'm just <laughs> like, dude, take me with you because I want to see it be done. Right? And maybe, maybe I'm missing out on something that I don't know. But the fact that, like, e-calls have gotten so good and there's no secret like dude you can blow an area out with an e-call it doesn't mean like you're ripping sounds and then these dogs just come run like no dude like i'm always constantly looking and dude (laughs) i'm looking for new sounds all the time you know and um i'm not kidding you this podcast dude people have hit me up and it's so funny because you don't if you were not there when people are there you don't know how often that place gets called wherever you're hitting right any area that you're hitting Bro, I got a I got a coyote spot that gets effing hammered, bro. Hammered. Okay. And I still smash dogs out of there. Yeah. But it's like they're just an ever revolving door of fresh coyotes that come through there, dude. And and it's crazy because I don't think sound selection is necessarily uh what's like killing the dogs. I think what's doing it is the time of year with the right sound. Yeah. That's what I think it is. Like, obviously, you can get into pump, pup distress and all that stuff right after denning season. And, dude, you're nine out of ten times, you're going to have a response. Like, you're going to see something. Like, if you go out all day and you're ripping pup distress in July, August, like, yeah. dude, you, you're going you're gonna to see something. You should, in theory. But it's like, dude. Generally speaking, there's some key calls out there, like sounds out there that just always work. And then there's sounds that just don't work at all during that time of year. That's one of the things that I need to start learning is the coyote vocals for this time of the year. Yes. I I, I seem to call less coyotes this mm-hmm. time of the year because yeah. I just don't I don't mess with the vocals as much as I probably should. Neither do I. I, I don't either, but I know guys like um, <laughs> Case Covington from On Stand On Stand Videos. Like he's a he's a dude that's on the East Coast that I recorded with, and and super cool dude. I've stayed in contact. We talk weekly, a couple times a week. Like he ain't doing nothing but smashing dogs on on vocals right now. Like he's getting ready to call it quits too for breeding season for pupping season and stuff. But dude, like January to like mid March, old boy's just playing vocals. Yeah, see, that's hammering dogs. Those are the guys I want to talk to to learn yeah. what you know what they're using. Dude, they're using MFK, MFK sounds. You know, Pound Town, but you know, like, but like Dog Fight Three or what, whatever these. They're crazy names on MFK, but anyways, they're they're running vocal vocal stuff. I'm about to get some new recordings. And dude, they, I'm not kidding you. Like, they're not they're not out there ripping Lightning Jack or Baby Cop. I mean, they'll run through the distress the distress calls, but a lot of the times out there, because their density isn't like what we have, dude, they're smashing dogs. 
on vocals. But this is what I will tell you. They're also not smashing them at 20 yards. They're shooting them 100 plus yards. Because they're coming in, like dogs coming into vocals are like, what's up? Like, they're not come charging it. I mean, they can, yeah. and they do. But generally speaking, they're like trying to get into the area to see what's going on, and then they'll whoop them and just Now, see, I like to hunt them with my bow. Yeah, you want them in? I like, a, I like the dog with my shotgun. Now, see, if you can Close. hit them with your shotgun. Oh, I get them with a bow. Well, hold on. Bow. No, I can't. I don't want to say. You can get them with a bow. I haven't yet, and I'm not going to say like, oh, I could do that because I don't know. 90% of the times when I got dogs coming in, they're coming in fast. And see, I smashed a few coyotes with my shotgun, and an older guy told me, if you can hit them with your shotgun, you can hit them with your bow. And I never thought about hunting a coyote with right. my bow. I want to. And that just, it took a lot of arrows to hit one yeah. the first time because yeah. it get a little jittery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but um, once I did that, is like that is my favorite way to call when you have the right train to do it yeah or to hunt him um out in the middle of the desert it's not really it it, you could do it right but you need some thick thick brush to hide yourself yeah and uh thicker they are thicker the brushes or terrain you could get them to come in closer a lot closer yeah and and using a decoy because it takes the you know the eyesight off of you that's why dude when i bought that when i bought that x-wave it didn't come with a deep a decoy, and that and I was like, man, I don't like that. <laughs> I gotta have a decoy, you know. I mean, if you're just out there banging them at a hundred yards, like you're probably okay. For me personally, I want that decoy just to oh, yeah. just to hide my movement because once they fixate on that decoy, man, it's a done deal. Like they're 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 either going and it's gonna happen fast. They're either going, oh, I don't like that, and they and they booger out, or they go, oh, I like that, and they're coming in, and you're swinging on them, and that's just how it works. The one reason why I got a decoy the first time <clears throat> was because uh, my wife was going out right. coyote hunting with me, and we had a few little too close. Yeah. Um, oh, really? In between us while we we're sit- standing there or sitting. Really. And uh, and that was when I was using mouth call too. Yeah. So once I got a e call and decoy, it was away from us, and mm-hmm. she felt a little bit better doing that, <clears throat> and. Uh, she don't really care for predator hunting anymore. But, right. Um, still does. Or she might go out every once in a while, but she. At first, that was our thing. We it was like our Sunday walk, and yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we'd just go out and play around and call coyotes. She got a couple um, with her with her shotgun. Yeah. But uh, that and that's one of the reasons why I went to a decoy. And then once once I started with the bow, it's it, it's like almost mandatory. That, that you need a decoy to oh, get, yeah. that, get that eyesight off you. you. You got to, man. Like, and that's the thing, too. Like, I, I'm a huge decoy fan. I don't even want them knowing I'm there. I want to keep their, their vision or their attention. Because if they see it, man, they're boogering out. If, yeah. they, if they think anything's wrong, like, I, the, the one thing I do know is that, like, you can have dogs come in hesitant, and I've started to pick up on body language. If, if they're looking right at the call or looking in the general direction of the call, and they're fixated, and they're not moving, and like you're ripping through, you're ripping through sounds, and they're still not moving. If they look right or left, you better get on them, yeah, because they're gonna they're finna bust out, man. Like they're they're getting out of there, and like I've just picked little things like that up. And and Timmy, um, you know who Timmy is, yep, yeah. So Timmy Timmy Cole, he dude, 
I told him if he wants to go shoot one with the bow, hit Bro, me up. He is a savage dog killer. And he has told me when I, because he's one of the dudes I look up to, like as far as like smashing yeah. dogs. And because uh, he's, he's like known for it, right? And uh, he's told me, he's like, you know, when I first started hitting dogs a couple years ago, I would miss dogs or I wouldn't shoot dogs or like they would come in and I would, wouldn't, and I'd hesitate or whatever, right? And there's a few things that he's told me always. He's like, dude, if you're with a friend, because I told him, you know, I want to, like, if I'm with my friend and I'm taking them coyote hunting, you know, I want them to shoot it. He's like, dude, they got three seconds to pull the trigger. Yep. If they don't, I'm killing it. And and it's true. It's like, because it happens so fast. And he's like, you're going to, the more dogs you call in, the more dogs you hunt, the more you're going to learn. And you like subconsciously learn it. The more vision you have, like the more, the more time on coyote. I know that sounds weird, but like the more time your eyes can watch a coyote work a call, the more you learn and you don't know you're learning it. Because you'll see, like, you'll watch a dog come in and you're like, I'm going to kill this thing. All of a sudden, boom, he's gone. Yeah, he and, never shows back up. And he never shows back up. And you're like, well, wh what happened? But yet, he was looking right to left his whole time coming in and or he checked up, like, you know, at 80 yards and you're thinking the wind's at your face, but three minutes later or three minutes or five minutes before it was at your back. And, you know, there's just things that, like, don't think because the, the wind isn't at your back that if it hits your back at any point in time, that scent just spreads. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not – if unless it's a constant wind, dude, those dogs are so keen on it, you and know? When you go and put your call down, don't be walking around Correct. in circles. Yeah. I just walk straight out there, in put it out. down, and walk right back out. I got a buddy that sprays his with raccoon piss. I've never done that. Dude, and he brings it out like a, a, a bag – he brings it out in a bag, and I'm like, dude, well, like, why do you have that thing in a bag? Like, and he's like, you want to smell it? I'm like, no. And he's like, well, there you go. Like, and I'm like, dude, you're like, really? But he kills a lot of dogs, so you know, when he coyote hunts, dude, it. he kills them. And and I, hey, you can't knock it because clearly it's working. You know, it's just crazy. There's so many different. There's so many different avenues. Yeah, to, especially to when you get it. into coyotes too, because you could go um, fox hunting. Mm -hmm. um, and you never know what you're going to call in. Dude, never. just calling in a bobcat is cool to watch. Like, oh. obviously, we can't hunt them. But, yeah. dude, if you call in a cat, that's cool, dude. Like, that's cool to see him come in. One thing in California I have not called in yet is a lion. Yeah, I haven't either, but I've heard dudes do it. I, I have a friend. He had one come in between him and his partner. Came in downwind in between them. Like, crazy. Yeah, I mean that that's I'd that be going taking my pants. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little worried about it, you yeah. know. But I mean, hey, whatever. You know, I, I'm a big predator. I like it. I think that's an experience that like is super cool, you know. That's a that's a story you can tell. Yeah, and um not just hunting deer. I mean there's ducks, there's quail, there's chucker, um like me, I'll hunt deer till I don't have a deer tag to hunt. Yeah. And then I switch over to ducks. Right. And I'll duck hunt, quail hunt, chucker hunt. Then uh, <clears throat> do a little coyote hunt in between there. Right. And then when that's done, we predator hunt. And I just. You run. And when, when that's done, we'll start running cameras. Yeah. Like, it's like just a concert. Year. It's a lifestyle, yeah. man. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know, people, oh, what do, what do you do? Dude, I hunt, bro. Like, this is what I do, man. I, it's just my. I, you know, my wife, our time together, do a little traveling, and I hunt. 
Yeah. That's it. Like, I don't go to the desert. I don't run motorcycles. I don't, none of that stuff. Yep. Same here. I have, uh, don't party, don't drink. Yeah. Uh, hunt. Like, I'm in bed early and yeah, early to rise. And yeah. Same with I'm, me, I'm, dude. My wife and daughter, <clears throat> they'll sleep in and. I'll be, I'll go out coyote hunting before they even wake up and be back, you know. We'll be back, yeah. And, yeah, hanging out, whatever. That's that's the same thing, dude. That's funny. That's, that's funny, dude. What um, what do you think? Like the barriers to entry for individuals that want to get into hunting. Like, what are your suggestions to them? Like, what do you think they should do first if they want to get into it, or like they are into it but they're struggling? Like, what would like some pointers for them? Um. There's a lot of videos, there YouTube stuff mm-hmm. out there, social media, uh, podcast. Yeah, listen to a lot. when when somebody's giving a, you know, talking. Listen. Yeah. Um, don't think you know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, listen. Even me, I I listen. Yeah. Um, I'm not a. <clears throat> I'm an avid hunter. I'm not no great hunter. Yeah. Um, but boots, glass, um. You have to be able to see them. Guns, tacticals, or like the whole gun part. I'm not really um, too into it. Uh, like having, you know, a thousand yard gun or yeah. into shooting. As long as I can shoot my target at 300 yards, I'm good. You're good, yeah. I mean, the longest shot I've ever taken is, uh, well, shot my first deer at 400. My junior tag, my, about, um, my biggest buck was uh 300 yards, or my four by four. Not my biggest because I shot that one this year, but um, you don't need the big long long range guns. Right. Um, you don't need to spend a lot of money on the guns. Yeah, they just need to be able to shoot mm-hmm. shoot when you need them. Um, but the, the you need boots to hike. You need the glass to see them, and um, just get out there. You have to get out there and. Put in the work. Yeah. You have to put in the work. For sure. Um, and Onyx. Oh, <laughs> you I, have to get Onyx. I think it's overlooked a lot. Yeah. I mean, for I mean, it's not because it's cheap, and, and as long as you've heard about it, you generally you would get it. But that's a huge one, dude, is Onyx. You got to get it. Any of those any of those property boundary maps applications that are out there, yeah. get one. We use Onyx, obviously. It's the biggest one out there, I do believe, and it's it's cool, you know? And I've been using it forever, so why switch? But I think you're right. Like boots and glass, like any of the modern rifles, unless like you're using some rifle that was a handy down, it's 80 years old, and you can't get the thing to group at 100 yards and it's shooting four inch groups, you might want to look into something. Yeah. But dude, like modern rifles, if you pick up any of the modern budget rifles out there right now, like you're going to hammer 300 yards, no problem, if you shoot it enough. Like yep. you're going to see what it does. That's what's in my safe. Right. And you just, you, you get a modern cartridge, you know, fast. I mean, dude, I know guys that have spent, you know, $1,700 on 30 out six. Good, dude, that's a trusty caliber. You're going to yeah. kill anything with that. Yep. Like if you want 30 out six, that's, get that's thir- what I run, dude, 308 and 30 out six. Dude, great round. I mean, you can get into all these 270s, you know, 246, like all these crazy 68 Western. They've got all these new 300, I don't know, what was it, the 300 PRC, 7 PRC, you know, 65 PR. Like, dude, there's so many different calibers that are out there, but you don't need that. Like, no. what, what you need, 
just 30 cal, 30, 308, 30-06, you know. And if you want to spend all the money, I mean. Go for it. Go for it. If you if have, you have it. it. Yeah, but if you don't. I don't. Dude, there's no reason why you can't go out, buy a brand new budget rifle, get get a Vortex Crossfire on it, you know, 600 bucks-ish, good. and it's good to go, dude. Yep. Like, dial it into 200 yards, and then just, you know, spend a lot of time on the range with it. All, like, all the modern copper rounds generally do pretty well now, you know, like the TSX, the LRX, the TTSX, all these copper rounds, like... Dude, they all shoot good. The hammers. And it's like, you're not trying to shoot it in the pupil of the eye. Correct. You just need to get it in that kill zone, and you just need to be proficient with your gun. So don't, don't like, I mean, believe me, man, I would love to have a some crazy custom gun that, you know, it's got the best optics on it. And it's like big old carbon fiber wrapped barrel, and it weighs seven pounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be cool. But that's not realistic for me. No, you don't need it for a you beginner. Don't. <clears throat> you don't. You, you don't. don't need it. And I, I just, like, I, my buddy's getting into it right now, and he's, like, talking about spending, like, $1,500 on a scope to put on his Ruger Predator. And, and that's what he's saying. And I'm like, and he's like, well, when I get a new gun, I'll just throw that. I'm like, no, bro. I'm like, you know, upgrade your glass, dude. Yep. Like your binoculars. What binoculars are you running? You know? And, and it's like, spend that 1500 bucks on binoculars, because if you can't find it, you ain't going to shoot it, dude. Yep. Period. You got a fine game. So it's like you want to put all of the, the chips in your on your side. Like you got to stack the odds. And the best way to do that is to be able to get out there with good boots, you know, and have good glass. Preseason scouting is key. Key. And that's a lot of glassing, dude. Glassing, run cameras, hiking. I mean, go out and have fun. On the Enjoy it. You know, and month before season, get out there and look. See what's out there. Um, coyote hunt. Dude, coyote hunt is the best way, dude. Just get out there and uh, you don't need the the fancy stuff. I don't have no fancy stuff. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. I just, I, dude, I'm just an average dude that likes to go out, spend, spend time in the field. And you know what the crazy thing? The dudes that are killing the most shit, average dudes that run basic stuff. Yep. They got a lot of money wrapped up into their optics, you know, if they can afford it. And th- and that's what they're doing, dude. Like, and, you know, obviously everybody has different levels of success as far as like financial gains and whatnot in their, in their personal life. So it's like, yeah, dude, obviously you have dudes out there that are hardcore killers that can have the $8,000 gunworks set up, you know, that run Swaros. But I mean, dude, you also got dudes that are hardcore killers that are running Diamondbacks, Vortex yep. Diamondbacks, yep. and there ain't nothing wrong with that, dude. Yeah. And if that's what you can afford, hey, man, get your tripod out and, and sit down next to me. Let's find some deer. That That's, you know, and generally speaking, that's how everyone really is. If you are a new hunter, though, and somebody takes you out, don't go and burn their spot. <laughs> <laughs> don't that, burn that, their spot. I, that is probably one of my biggest pet peeves is, like, if I'm going to show you a spot. Yeah. I don't want to catch you in there the next weekend. Yeah. With ten of your buddies, I agree. Um, it, it for if someone's taking the time to show you and take you out and show you the ropes, don't burn their spots. Yeah, because th- what where we do hunt is pretty small. I mean, our local hills are pretty small, but there is enough room to find your own spot. But at least you know what um, what to be looking for, where to be looking, where the deer are. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, there's plenty of room out here to 
to hunt. You don't have to hunt the same. Just because, you know, I shot a buck here doesn't mean that that there's going to be a buck there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, and that that's the thing when you see so many pictures like, oh, where'd you shoot it? It's like, mm, no. Yeah, no. No. That's not how that's going to work. That, dude, there's a, there's a huge thing with internet sniping right now. You know, there's if you if you're a new hunter and you're out there and you're taking pictures, try to conceal it a little bit. Like, don't yeah. not take pictures. Take pictures. Enjoy the moment. You know, so you can share that with your friends and family. But maybe not. May, maybe don't get the cell tower in the back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, may, maybe don't get the water tower with the identification number on it. You know, exactly. like just you know, just kind of be cognizant of that and and enjoy it. Enjoy the process. And you know, another thing that like I've always told people is that you really got to find enjoyment and not filling tags oh yeah just being out there yeah you if you don't like being out there man you're gonna have a rough time but if you enjoy being out there yeah success is gonna stumble upon you or you're gonna figure it out to the point where like you made everything happen on your own like but there's no shame in letting it stumble upon you either dude that's awesome and i wish that have to stop and enjoy or smell the roses you know as they would say um probably one of the best things i like to do is when I'm right there at sunup, just to watch everything come yeah. live. Ain't that cool? I mean, that's probably one of my favorite things to do in the morning. Dude, I've been on mountain ranges where, like, you're walking out and it's dark and you're, like, questioning it and you're cold and you're just like, man, like, I would so rather be, like, in bed right now or whatever. Like, you're on a hard hunt and it's just a miserable time because everyone goes up and down in these oh, yeah. hunts. Like, you're going to have a wave of emotions and, and yeah. if you don't, you're not human. It's weird. It, it's just weird. But then, like, as you watched the world come alive around you, as that sun comes up and you start to see things and like just the way it's supposed to be, oh man, it like changes your mood. It changes your attitude. Like I, I'm a firm believer that if you watch the sun come up, dude, it's a new day. Oh yeah. Like you, everything is a fresh slate. Every day we get a fresh slate, man. Like, you, you know, and, and it, it's, it's cool to see that stuff happen Every morning. That's why I like, I'm, I'm glad I start work so early. Yep. Because I see the sun every day. Like, I see it come up every day. And that, to me, is, like, super cool. A lot of people that, you know, don't go to work till 9, They sometimes they don't do that, you know? And it's like, like, I can't get my, my wife's like, no, nah, I don't want to get up that my early. My wife, same way. <laughs> she, she, she doesn't want to get, get up, up yeah. She's not a morning person. She's not. And then I get it. Like, hey, that's cool. And and she has, obviously, when we're on vacation and whatnot, like, do we get up early? And But it's. When you're in the mountains and it's cold or it's a f- right after a fresh storm, like a fresh rain or like a fresh dusting of snow or whatever, just getting up on a normal day up there on the mountains. Awesome. Dude, uh, it's like that first two, three hours in the morning is just like the best thing to me. Like I like it so much more than the sunset, you yeah. know? And and for whatever reason, it it like takes anxiety off of me like oh if you smash something right now you got all day to take care of it whereas like you smash something in the last 15 minutes of light you're like oh man oh dude this sucks you know (laughs) you know what i'm saying especially when there's rattlesnakes around well yeah when it's hot yeah and it's 90 degrees at night (laughs) you know it's gnarly dude that's that's my biggest fear at night is rattlesnakes you ever been buzzed at night Mm -hmm. oh they buzzed you at night oh yeah I've never Especially been. Especially on our local hills right here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is like last year, 2022, when Jason smashed that buck and me and Timmy were up and down that mountainside looking for that deer, 
I don't think we ran into one snake. And there's no it's way, a good day. dude. There's no way we didn't like go across one. Yeah. It just didn't buzz us. Like there's just no way. It was. I mean, it's like perfect rattlesnake habitat. And I was concerned about it. Yeah, you know, I, I run chaps until I know there's no more snakes out. <laughs> I need yeah. to get some because I don't oh, run them. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, I probably do. I, from bow season or even before uh, archery season starts, like just predator hunting. Dude, I yeah, I, I'm watching where I'm stepping. If it's warm out, dude, I'm watching the whole time. I watch where I sit now. Like, it's because it's become more apparent to me that these things are out there. Like, I mean, I when I used to fish around our local lakes, I'd fish a lot, right? And I'd walk the trail line around the lakes because I never had money for a boat or anything. I'd run into snakes all the time. And I just always assumed it was because the water was there or whatever. But, like, now I'm in the mountains, and I know they're there. I just generally don't run into them very often knock on wood you know i just don't it's crazy right and i know people run into them all the time you know that you say the water i i run into a lot when i'm hunting over by uh some creeks by my house and they're they're always there by the water right yeah always by the water yeah it's crazy so i don't know i mean i know they're there obviously but i just kind of chaps chaps you don't get you just feel a little bit more. Even when they buzz, I still jump like a little girl. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, I'm not worried about the heat. I don't care. Like, if uh, wearing chaps, I, I need to get a pair. I need to get a good they pair. They make some good ones now. Yeah. A little, little bit lighter nowadays. But, yeah, there's, hiking out at night, that is my biggest Oof. snake. Snakes. Especially, especially in our local mountains. In your miles back, a couple yeah. miles back. That's the thing, too, is like, um, I don't know, maybe I'll try to get some sort of like, medical professional on to talk about that. Like, what what do you do if you're two miles back and get hit by a snake? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you do? I don't I don't know either. I, I don't... Th- Obviously, you don't panic, but do you... Yeah, I try not to panic. Do you uh, hit the red button on your on your Garmin? <laughs> <laughs> you know? know? Do you, SOS on your iPhone? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do. Like, do you just try to slowly work your way out and let that stuff just... I don't, I don't know what you do. I really don't, so... It is what it is, but look, dude... We've been going for 53 minutes. What do you think? It's awesome. Yeah. What, uh, Thanks anything, anything else you want to add? No. I think we're good. I think uh, you're good. Yeah. All right. Hopefully you see everybody out. Yeah. Out of sure. nails. For sure. Absolutely. If you're a new hunter, hit us up. Hit up Brad. He'll help you out too. Yeah. What, whatever we got to do to help you find success, we're willing to do it. And, and, um, we interact with a lot of listeners all the time. So if you haven't reached out to us and you want to reach out to us, feel free to do it. We'll get back to you. I can't tell you we'll get back to you right away, but we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll yeah. make it happen. Heck yeah. All right. Well, dude, thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me. Thank We're you. out of here.